Hey everybody, it's your doc, Jeff Booski, creator and co-founder of Dental Syndicate, where we've cracked the code to gamify the system to unlocking power, productivity, and profitability, all while building practices and lives that matter. Welcome to Jumpstart with Jeff, and today is part two in our interview. So welcome to Jumpstart part two. Do me a favor, Paul, let's shift gears for a minute and and explain to me and explain to everybody, how did you then start to develop this dental nachos? When you start to see the value of community and you start to see that with what you were experiencing with the residents and everything else. So explain to me a little bit more in detail. How did that really come about from that perspective? Sure. What's real, what really kicked it off? So I love speaking to dentists, whether it's two people or, or 2000. And I'm, I've spun, I can do like three things well, but public speaking, I put a lot of time, a lot of effort and a lot of technique into it. One of my best compliments, Jeff, I just did the DEO is when people say, Paul, you're such a natural, because that means there's no such thing. You think there's natural ability to stand up in front of 300 dentists and talk. I put a lot of hard work into it. So yes. always starting off with a story is, is important. So I always say that I was walking on Broad Street in Philadelphia, Center City near City Hall, and someone, a stranger yelled at me from the back hey you and when that happens in philadelphia you got to be ready for anything <laughs> you never know so i turn around i see this confused 50 year old woman and she said she's looking at my shirt and on the back it said dental nachos she said what is dental nachos so i said if i give you a shirt if you ever get one jeff people are going to ask you so i want to help you right because people are going to say what is dental nachos, right? I have the sweatshirt on. So I say, yes. that's a really good question. A lot of people ask me that. It's like a Mr. Rogers neighborhood for dentists because dentists need a lot of help being nicer to each other. But also while we're learning to be nicer to each other and collaborate, we're learning how to make our businesses better, learning how to interact better with our families and our patients. And it was only three sentences. He said, I really like that. You know, that sounds great. And I said, you know, you could tell your dentist about it. So dental nachos is a opportunity for dentists online in person to get together and remember that they were normal people before they became dentists and they can be that way again, but also help them with all of the struggles of being a practice parent or a career parent. Having a dental career, whether you're an associate or, or, or a practice owner, it's like having a three-year-old that never grows up. You have to learn how to manage this thing. So we're yes. here to, I always say ABC, always be connecting, always be collaborating, always be communicating. Much like uh, Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia, Jeff, we have, uh, it's a free park. So the dental notches is free. Just go on Facebook. That's also free. I want to share something in a second, Jeff. Our people, the dentist people, we complain a lot about free. I don't understand that, right? If you go to Costco, and the cheese, nice cheese lady said, here's some Gouda. You either just take it and then throw it away because you can't handle conflict, or you just say no thing. You yes. don't just slap it out of your, her hand and say, how dare you offer me that? I like blue. Right? <laughs> yes. so one of the things is, and maybe we'll sound like the medium maze dentist that we are, we didn't have any of this stuff. So all of this stuff no. is free. So if you don't like it, just don't look at it. But then I also have sponsors that are like the stands outside the park that sell beer or pizza or flowers. So we have sponsors. So there's a business component to it to make this happen. But my goal is to help dentists feel less alone, feel like somebody hears them, to get them talking and being proud of what they do. And being proud of what they do, when you say to a dentist, things like a 20 veneer case, that's not it all the time. Sometimes it's just managing a tough team situation. Sometimes yes. it's like, hey, I bought a practice and I didn't totally mess it up. Sometimes it's like this patient complained about their partial. And I said, I reminded them that I we mentioned implants. You didn't want implants. 
this is the best thing we have invented without implants. So that, that to me started in 2017, but I started doing this, Jeff, back in 2005. I would run study clubs in Philadelphia. I would bring mm. in speakers. I would get sponsors to pay for just like the sandwiches. I always wanted to create, I mean, the Rising Dentist Study Club of Philadelphia, our motto was, let's hang out when we're younger in our career so we don't hate each other later. So it was very oh, Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm very thankful, grateful, lucky, Bob Ross, happy accident, that guy who did the painting. I was doing all this locally. Just think how crazy is Jeff. There was no way for me to tell people that the Rising Dentist Study Club was happening in Texas until right. Facebook came about. Yes. And Facebook allowed us to all pay attention to this big forum which comes with good parts and challenging parts, way more good, where I could share my story. And the most thing I'm proud of is not only meeting people like you and the Elijah Desmonds and all these people, is that people meet each other in different states that I've never met face-to-face -face only because of dental nachos. They go out to lunch, they observe at offices. So I want this nacho thing, to use a dental term, Jeff, that we all know, bond people together. <laughs> yes. In a fun way. And, you know, Paul, I, I think that's one of the reasons that, um, you know, there's a great synergy between what you're doing and with what we're doing with Dental Syndicate. You know, we're looking at creating harmony across your faith, your fitness, your family and your finances are four domains that are so significant and so important. And to me, that is one of the secrets, at least in my life, like we talked about before, test it and see oh, yeah. is the, are these things useful? Are these things useful to you? And what I've found that has been useful to me from the perspective that, gosh, if I can operate in this way and I can generate this capacity to go into my practice and I'm already lit on fire going into my practice for that morning, I'm able to handle those chaotic things coming my way much more readily. I mean, you're, doing, you're giving people core development strategies so they can exist. You know, what people always say, I mean, dentists just love dramatic talk. It's like, I learned so much from my failures. I'm like, it was a failure. Your crown didn't have the best contact. That was just yeah. annoying. Why don't you just, learn yeah. from your experiences? Learn from your frustrations. I mean, I always think this success, failure. I'm a big Seinfeld fan. He talks about great and sucks and things like that. We just should be like, hey, these are frustrations I've had. And, you know, if you try this, you know, I always say the thing I share is that I'd like to be very serious about helping people, but not take myself too seriously. Right? Too and, seriously. I mean, you've met me in person and you probably resonate. You know, I know when you only meet Absolutely. I tell people when they meet me in person, they're going to find me annoyingly likable because you know, I think <laughs> here's this guy posting all the time. Here's this guy's taking selfies. Here's this guy's taking videos. And I'm really doing it because I just want to share my story and a good story. I don't need to be, you know, some people go, I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity. I go, well, you need to meet better celebrities. If you think yes. pretty <laughs> so I just share in a fun way that you and I did not have any of this as young dentists. So let's no. not ruin this. Let's like my mom used to say as a kid, this is why we can't have nice things. Let's not break it, right? Let's not. You don't agree with somebody. You can be respectful. I would say challenge ideas. Don't attack people, right? Just you can challenge yes. an idea. You know, maybe, I don't know, you say to somebody they should work out every morning and I might challenge it and say, hey, Jeff, people with really young kids, maybe your kids aren't young anymore. That might be really difficult. And maybe you have to yeah. come up with a plan that's different. You might say, oh yeah, Paul, I forgot. You know, like, you know, yep. I, 
I'm, I'm, I, I don't know exactly how old your kids are, but I'm saying like, I forgot my kids are teenagers and don't want to be near me. And yes, now I have time to work out, you know? Yes. There's so many different ways of looking at meeting people where they are. And, and that's just really the big key, I think, completely. Let's talk a little bit too, because we talked a little bit earlier in dental school. And I think this is something that dentists are plagued with. Let's just talk about the word perfection for, <laughs> for just a minute. Oh, yeah. Why do you think it is as dentists, do you think that we're geared towards that from a perspective of even before dental school? Or do you think that's something that is beaten into our heads over think, and over again? I think, you know, the best way I think we can put this is, you know, I play golf once a year with my friends from high school and we maybe play too much golf in these three days because everyone's egging each other on. You can do another nine holes. And sometimes like that was too much golf, right? So it got, it gets exacerbated by the crowd you're with. And while that's a fairly benign thing, playing too much golf, we wouldn't do this if we weren't all hanging around together. So if just two of us were playing, we played 18 holes, we rarely would look at each other and say, let's do another 18. But when the other six are there and the one guy saying, hey, we, we don't need to go to sleep till midnight, we get kind of riled up and do it, right? And that's a pretty benign thing. But now when we take perfectionism, that's toxic. First, the people teaching mm -hmm. dental students are most of the time, not the people running practices. And I use this right. example. I'm in the three-year-old game right now. So you want to ask about three-year-olds, ask me. Six years from now, I'm not going to be so good at it, right? So I'm going to say, oh, I used to have a three-year-old six years ago. So the big, one of the biggest problems is the people teaching dental students either never, let's use the owning a practice as the child. They either never had children or they had children 30 years ago. And this yes. doesn't mean they're not smart people. It doesn't mean that what they say doesn't have value. It just means that the practicality of what they say. So I use the example, Jeff. People might walk by me and my wife at Elvez and see my child on an iPad and say, I would never let my child have an iPad. I said, how old are your children? 40. I go, it wasn't invented when your children <laughs> you right. let them have it in two seconds. So the, pra the practically parent, you often have to figure out ways to survive and thrive. So perfectionism is, you know what the real problem is, Jeff? People would go out of business if they practiced the way they did in dental school. One of my opening Absolutely. stories for my lectures is, hey, everybody, I like my hair. He's hair gel, all this stuff. If you go get your hair done, do you want the best haircut possible? Raise your hand. They go, yes. Absolutely. I go, is it okay if it takes seven hours? Hand goes down. I said, that's what we're dealing with as dentists. How do we do a goodish job in a time frame which lets the office survive profitability-wise, lets our patients leave with good work, but lets us eliminate the toxic dental school mindset of this thing has to be perfect because it's like chasing centric relation. It might not exist. Right. And exactly. It's like, it's, it's can live in the, in the world of unicorns, panda bears and happy fruit. You know, does it, is it really a possibility? And one of and, my friends, Jason Smithson, he, I mean, he's my friend through Matt Costa and he lives in England. He's one of the best dentists on earth. Right. So if we needed a dental super team, he would be on it. Okay. Clearly he's a composite magician subjectively, there's no object, one of the best dentists we have on earth. If we need to make a team from earth to go fight other people from other planets, he would be on it. <laughs> be on it. <laughs> and he was on our podcast. He goes, when I'm doing an 18 occlusal on a 72 year old, I don't put in tertiary anatomy. She doesn't want that. I don't she want that. Want so that's what we, but then you got these dentists two years out of school driving themselves crazy and their patients crazy and their dental assistant crazy and the rest of the office crazy on some mindset from dental school, which doesn't make sense. 
Exactly. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, um, you know, I think it's one of those things, I think it, it's conditioned into the dentist yeah. over, <clears throat> over time. And I don't, I don't think it exists. I don't think that there is the absolute perfect crown or veneer or, or restoration. Cause when you always look back, there's like, Ooh, I could do that a little differently. And we also, they don't, they never give us Jeff. I'm just going to inject. They never give you practical tips. It's like, I, I've used this joke for, it's like if you were in chef school and it was dental school, it'd be like, you're going to make salmon. Like, okay, what's the first step? I want you to yeah. dive into the, into the river and chase down a salmon with your bare hands. Right. Like, yes. They're making you alter past <laughs> impressions. No one even does that. Right. Like they make exactly. you remount the remount on a woman who has the, the their, their ridge is so atrophied. Poor lady has, had teeth in two years and you're yes. remounting her case to try to get in some so their practical nature of survival it just is it's really bad and it, it causes problems well and and here's the thing and I'd, I'd like to get your your feedback and your opinion on this because i know this has been at least in, in my life this has been something when i look at you know perfection and it, it, to me it's also been something that can cause delay or I would even go as far as to say replace the word perfect with with coward for me, yeah. because, you know, like, oh, I'm going to wait to launch that till my website's perfect. I'm going to wait to do this until until my practice is running perfectly or I'm going to wait and take this course till I'm operating at a perfect level in these other areas. And the reality is, is that for me, at least in my life, that was true where, gosh, if I just replace that word perfect with coward. Hmm. Maybe it was just more along lines of I was afraid to do that. It's a really good point and one that I use. So I write a lot and sometimes I make misspellings because I'm a human being and I send out emails with misspellings. And I remember this author, Stuart Woods, who I read a lot of his books. And at the end of the book, he goes, if you find a misspelling or something wrong and you feel the urge to say something about it, you can email blah, blah, blah. Right. So he's basically <laughs> saying I'm a successful author and there might be a misspelling in this book. And Dennis, it yeah. drives me nuts. But it, it prevents you from launching like that McConaughey movie, failure to launch. And this yes. can happen in business. It can happen with your thing. You think you have to be ready on top of being ready on top of being ready. And it just puts you in a molasses stage and analysis paralysis stage. This is what I always say to people. I mean, my, my team knows this. Hey, Jeff, we're going to do this thing, right? And they go, I don't want to do it. I go, okay, is it unethical? No. Is it immoral? No. Is it unsafe? No. Then we're going to try it. If you yes. can say that something I've suggested is unethical, immoral, or unsafe, let's have a discussion because I definitely don't want our patients to feel that way. I definitely don't want our customers to feel that way. But if I'm going to send out that I'm giving 99% off a nacho course and you think it's going to ruin our brand, I go, let's test it out. Maybe it's going to yeah. build our brand. Maybe you're right. Maybe it isn't the best idea, but we can always test out something. And I just think, I mean, the dentists do this all the time. Like, I always say this, Jeff, you know, this is boggles people's mind. Would you ever intentionally cement a crown that had an open contact on the mesial? And most dentists say, no. I go, oh, no. What if your patient was a business executive who barely comes to the office and he's about to go to France for two months? Do you want your little plastic temporary in France? Or would you rather cement this crown and say, hey, Jeff, the good part about this crown is it's made from really durable material, much more durable than your temporary. One of the challenges is the space between this crown and the one in front, there's a bigger space than what's ideal. So while you're in France, I would like you to clean that out. And as soon as you get back from France, it's really important that you return for us to make this better. Sounds pretty good, right? Easy breezy. <laughs> Most dentists would cement their bad temporary and, the, and at, the, at the expense of their perfectionism, would would cause a problem for the patient they're trying to help. 
I got an open contact, I think, between four and five a little bit in my natural teeth. Yeah, I got to use a floss pick sometimes. So what I'm sharing is that's just a good snapshot into how dental school does not teach you how to make good decisions in the real world of dentistry. Well, and I love the way that you're giving such great uh, advice, even just with how you look at approaching, introducing something new with your team and getting, it's not necessarily always having to get, because you're not going to get hundred percent buy-in. You're going to be like, Ooh, just like you said, Oh my gosh, we can't do that. Well, why, you know, why ask the question, why, why can't we do that? Who said, who said that we can't do that? Cause it's not always the way that we've been doing things in the past. Guess what? Life is moving. Life is shifting and life is changing. I, I love this. I also think what's funny and made me laugh as you were saying it, people are pretty terrible at predicting things. They're terrible at predicting how the stock market goes, right? They're terrible at predicting this. Why does everyone sit in their in, in this state of judgment thinking they're so good at predicting things when they don't have a track record of being good at predicting things, right? I'm not yeah. good at predicting what patients do. I'm not good. So why don't we just try it? You know, we're all going to get the same color scrubs in 2022. Let's see how it goes. If everybody feels like their their personal fashion sense is is destroyed, we'll have a discussion about it. You know what might happen? Everyone might just be really glad to not have to think about what they're going to wear each day. And that's a totally authentic story from me and my dad's practice 10 years ago. (laughs) I told people, we're going to wear the same color scrubs. I had people crying. I had people saying, (laughs) I mean, some of the people really went out of bounds. They go, I'm from a country where people get oppressed. I feel oppressed. I go, you feel oppressed (laughs) that you wear blue scrubs. And I'm suggesting I even gave them the chance to pick out, but I just stood in there like a batter in a game. And I was like, listen, I mean, if you want the best piece of advice I can give for your listeners is just say this in your dental office. When you try something that's not illegal, moral, unsafe, I'm holding up two pens and just say, we're going to try this pink pen instead of this red one. I want you to say in 30 days, if you don't like it, please come back to me and tell me that. And we'll look to change it. Nobody comes back. Nobody comes back. And isn't that amazing when you test something, right? And you give it a chance and you give it an opportunity. I think I I look at it like this, Paul. I think that we're constantly in order for us to grow and in order for us to challenge ourselves, I call it living a leading edge life or living a leading edge lifestyle. And to me, what that means is doing something that's just a little bit outside of your comfort zone. It doesn't have to be as crazy as going like skydiving. It could be or bungee jumping, but it could simply be, you know, maybe you're single and it's walking up to that beautiful girl and introducing yourself. It could be that simple that you're like, Ooh, that's way outside my comfort zone of what I feel comfortable with. So it's about that constant continuous expansion And I think that's one of the meanings of life is just having expansion, right? And then the second component is, is guess what? We get an opportunity to course correct and go again. So if something didn't play out the way that we intended it to or wanted it to, great. That's one less way that I've got to figure out. I get to now change, course correct, and I get to go again. That's the way that I look at it. It's the little gifts. It's It's the little gifts. Know what's working, know what's not working, try different things. I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I have a very successful friend, super humble hedge fund guy. And both of us, he's one of my best friends. I'm like, we say this a little bit joking about our marriages, but you know, 
we're open to being wrong at all times because people tell us that we're wrong. So You're I live wrong. my life <laughs> open to being wrong all the time. When someone goes, oh, that was a bad idea. Okay, tell me about it. Maybe it was a bad idea. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe it was. I just don't take things that seriously. I mean, I take like infection control in our office very seriously. So it doesn't mean I'm cavalier about those systems. I take HIPAA compliance. I'm freaking afraid of that. So I take that seriously. seriously. But, but, but if we change our scrubs or I don't know, we order a different brand composite, maybe it's better. Right. You know? So I think, you know, that you're doing a, the work. I'll say this, Jeff, you're doing the work of the Lord GV black, our, 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 our founding father of dentistry <laughs> and getting dentists to think about being more creative, being more mentally flexible, focusing on those, tr the treatment planning. I like your four F's there. It's just so key. You know, I appreciate it, man. And do me a favor. What, cause this is going to be maybe an interesting question for you. What is, what is something, cause you've been on, on your podcast for a long time. You've been speaking for a long time. What is something, maybe it can be even as of late that somebody wouldn't necessarily know about you that listens to you or that observes yeah. you. And like, what is something like right now, maybe that's going on for Paul. I mean, that's I think, like, wouldn't I this man wouldn't know people would not know that I really value downtime, rest, and introversion more than I do. Uh, I was an I like sports, so while I'm probably about as extrovert as they come, I also am good at reading a book and doing nothing. I think one of the things is it, and I, is that money to me is a vehicle to help more people. I like a lot of things. I like a lot of things. I, I, I like nice things, so I don't want to be like I don't like nice things. But I think that money is more important to me than people think because it gives you the opportunity to do really cool things. And as you can see this, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to be a millionaire or billionaire, but you can see with people who've gotten a lot of money, they often look for creative ways to give it away. Mm -hmm. And while I'm still in this startup phase with dental nachos and all things like that, I would love to, I think dentists have to realize that spending money and investing money on things is not toxic or bad. It's how we grow and do things and are serious about things. And I think we have a really cool opportunity. So maybe in my Mr. Rogers mentality and persona, it also Mr. Rogers was very, very savvy guy. And I mean, he had PBS and he had the commercials because everything good in life requires an investment of energy time and money to make happen. So maybe that's, you know, those two things. I'm good at being introverted, Jeff, and money's important to me because I want to use it to help as many people as possible. Well, and I think, thank you for sharing that because I think those are two great things. And, and to me, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, money, money to me is it's a choice multiplier, right? <clears throat> It'll, it, I, I'm a true believer that, you know, your practice should truly fund your vision of where you want to go in life and should fund the experiences and the lifestyle that you want, whatever that is for you. And it's going to be very different for each individual. But I'm also a believer that as you go through and have more experiences. So for me, if I get to travel and experience a different culture or, you know, even just different places in the United States and everything, the more I do those things, guess what? When I come back, into my practice, maybe I get to be a little bit more interesting because I've got some new stories and I've had some new experiences that happen, and, you know, some funny things that can just relate. And the patient's like, oh man, I was just there, you know, or I'm from there, you know, whatever it may be. Totally. And so, you know, one of the things that I'll encourage you to do is, is really look at from the perspective of, man, my, my dentistry and my practice is not necessarily my identity. And it's, it's, 
you know, it's really one of those things that you can, like, I love dentistry still. I do it three days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I still love what I get to do. And, and to me, it's a privilege and it's honor to be able to do that. But I also love the lifestyle that it provides for me. And, and whether that be picking up my child from school or taking a trip with my wife or taking a, a family trip to go skiing with the kids, whatever that is and whatever that looks like, you know, start to look at, gosh, you're not just tied into being a dentist, you know. Yeah. I think and, that's okay. I think that's a really good point for anyone to listen to at any age or stage, D1 to D44, that dentistry is part of what you do, but don't make it your whole thing because your whole thing in anything in life can be taken away, can be lost. It You could age out of it, right? I mean, you know, you, you see dentists sometimes yes. on too long and it's not because of money. Sometimes it's identity. So it's a really good point to be aware of. I think that's just really amazing advice. Well, and it's, and it's one of those things that, you know, when you, when somebody meets somebody that uh, one of the immediate questions is what do you do? Right. right. You know, and, and then that gets tied into your identity. You know, one of the best responses I ever heard when somebody said, what do you do? And they're like, about what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, like that. I like that. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's sharp yeah, yeah, about yeah, what, yeah. you know, and yeah. like, they weren't going to be wrapped into what the mindset was with other, what other profession was, you know, or yeah, whatever yeah. their job was, you know, and it's like, you know, it's kind of like, well, where do you live? Well, wherever I'm at, you know, those are two, you know, things from that component there. Such a, such a such a great way to reframe sometimes what society makes us feel a lot of pressure on and what for sure dental school creates on us. So I just think that's a really, really good take home point. Well, Paul, I so appreciate you spending the time with us and talking. I get, I think you just gave some incredible pearls and dropped some significant wisdom bombs for everybody. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. And Paul, tell the listeners, how can they reach out to you? How sure. can they get a hold well, of you really, for Dental I, I, I'm honored to be on it. I love doing this. Whether one person hears it or tons of people or learns from it, great. What you're doing is awesome. I really, dentalnachos.com is really, I've tried to create an ESPN-ish type website. People can find out about buying practices, um, hiring associates, getting C courses, blogs. So the best way is just go to dentalnachos.com, check it out, learn something, tons of free, free value on there. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, I'm Dr. Jeff Booski. We're going to be wrapping up this uh, edition of Jumpstart with Jeff. And if you would like to check out more with Dental Syndicate, check on or head on over to dentalsyndicate.com. And in the middle of January, we've got a crazy, amazing men's training coming up. And so if you'll check out heroesmens.com, you're going to find out some amazing information. If you're a male dentist, we've got something specifically geared towards you. And until next time, thank you very much. Peace, power, prosperity, give it away. Woo! Thank you, guys.